this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, people? Welcome back to Rebound and Safety. We're going to try and do something different. I'm not sure if we're going to keep this going, but let's just see how it goes. Um, I thought we would do a little bit of a kind of maybe monthly diary episode um, of Risk Fluent and Rebound and Safety to help you understand how we are moving our journey together. And as this grows, if it does grow, I'm 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 in an hour in whether this is a good idea or not, but let's, let's just fucking try it and see how we go. As this grows, I'd like to have stories in here of other people that are rebranded safety as well. So a diary of rebranded safety. Um, let's see if this actually is any good content or not. Let's jump into the intro and then we'll give it a go. Let's go. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution or one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk What's up peeps, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is a YouTube channel and podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin so if you're new here hit subscribe hit the bell hit follow all of those thingamajigs um my name is james mcpherson i'm the md and founder of risk fluent which is a consultancy that sits behind rebounding safety rebounding safety is is our campaign we want to do that so i thought it would be we want to change the way that people feel about safety so i thought it would be very good to maybe run a bit of a diary of what we're doing and how we're doing it um and then hopefully, if this does grow, like I say, I'm not sure if it's going to be any good or not, but let's just give it a go. If it does grow, then maybe we start to pull other people into it and be like, oh my God, I saw this. I spoke to Bob last week. Um, he rang me up and told me this is how I've rebranded safety this week. I don't know, something like that. Um, Project Millennium, maybe we bring that into it as well. Um, let's just see. Let's just see how this goes. But for now, let's just do the last kind of month to date. I'm, I'm, I'm recording it not at the end of the month because I want to give us some time to edit it. So I'm going to go month to date. So it's the 13th of August when I'm... No, wait. 13th of August? Yeah, 13th of August as I'm doing this. So I'll go back to the 13th of July. In a way, and I'm just going to have a look at my diary and see how we go. There's a good mix of business stuff in here as well as... as well as safety stuff. Um... And, and ultimately, because we're like a safety consultancy, I think it's really interesting um, to kind of touch on some of that stuff. And you can kind of get an insight of us as a company, but also insight of the world of consulting, right? Um, so I'm going to try and just whiz through my diary. I'm not going to read out 9.30, I went to Bob's. I'm just going to pick out a couple of things um, that kind of piqued my interest. Um, and... Um, and hopefully pull out some lessons behind it. What first thing I'm noticing is loads of bookings for going out on a bike and I haven't done it. So that's a great start. Um, I'm gonna go on a bike ride tomorrow. So I had a couple of interesting bits of work. There's a lot of work going on on uh, fire. Done a lot of fire risk assessments this month. Um, and just a, another kind of slap in the face in a way just like how far we have to come with fire like we, we've still got so far to come we were talking about we were talking about new view and safety differently like fuck me we are so far with some of these real small businesses of actually just effective just base level like just so far from like reality uh, it's, it's some companies just don't even know that they have to do half of the shit that they have to do um 
so many companies have no idea that they're supposed to have fire assessments in a building. Even now, even now, they have no idea. You know, I was in a business networking group where I brought it up. I said, one of our ideal customers is a business that operates out of a building. And I said, if you do that, you need a fire assessment. So let us know. And everyone was like, what? And I was like, yeah. Like, do people not know this? Like, shit. We are so disconnected from the British economy of small to medium-sized business, which is 99.9% of our economy. And I Googled that. I didn't just make it up. So a lot of firework, which is good. Nice to see that we're having a chance to go in and do some fire assessments and, and kind of help with those interactions of changing the way that people um, see fire. This month as well, we kicked off a really, really exciting project at Risk Fluent. Um, where we are helping a company that's in the construction sector um, manage their risk more effectively by implementing or slotting in a dynamic risk uh, management program. So basically, we had a phone call off the head of safety. They basically said, look, we've got all these RAMs. They're generic. They don't have any much reflection on the work in reality, but we have to have them because we can't tender for the job if we don't have them, right? But I want to be able to enable the shop floor to do kind of like a, a pre-job brief um, that's essentially like a little mini risk assessment. So they want risk fluent to find us some tech that can help us do that. Then I want you to help us assimilate with that tech, essentially. And I was like, no, exactly a piece of tech. So we've rang Risk Talk. If you don't know who they are, go and check them out. Um, it's a great piece of tech would basically in a nutshell is a dictaphone but with a really clever ai behind it that basically takes what you say um you put questions in but it takes what you say and turns it into a document right so we've been able to tick the box be able to have some documented risk assessments um but to the shop floor we're getting their heads up and we're getting them talking about safety so we kicked that off the first part of the project was with the uh, the managers like the second level down and managers are people going to allocate um the time of the people that we need to hit that are going to facilitate these post job briefs um so we did like essentially kind of like a tweak on a learning team uh, we introduced a couple of problems that we're trying to solve so we introduced the concept of risk and work being really dynamic and messy um, so we introduced um, kind of a simplified version of Rasmussen's dynamic safety model and then the risk fluent kind of dynamic risk model which is updated to the free version you can download on the website um, we're going to update those soon um, but I haven't got time <laughs> so I will sort them and do them a bit better it's very much minimum viable product on the website at the moment but if you want to go have a brief look at that, you get the general gist of it. Basically, like it's basically trying to say that work is like a wavy line, and sometimes there's there's high risk parts of that wavy line and low risk parts of that wavy line. And if you imagine two lines, kind of like a train track, they're waving, but sometimes they come really not like a train track. It won't be like that, would it? They're like different waves. So like sometimes the waves come really close, sometimes they don't. Download it, you'll get it. And the, the worker is kind of a line in the middle, kind of trying to navigate in those. If they hit the two outside lines, they fail essentially. So we kind of try to explain that, that notion that sometimes in a task of doing X, getting from A to B, you'll have high risk and low risk aspects of that. So we introduced those concepts and, and they actually went down really well. They kind of, yeah, make sense. There are some, some things that we do that are high and some things that we do that are low risk. And we talked about essentially blanket ruling blanket, well, doing blanket rules essentially. So if we were to blanket rule some stuff, it puts a solid line 
or a solid framework over these two wavy lines and it just doesn't work right so which kind of introduces the notion of risk and risk management being dynamic and then using Rasmussen's dynamic safety model or a simplified version of that, um, we we introduce a concept of three different pressures constantly on the worker, the manager, the senior manager, the boardroom at all times. So you're constantly under pressure from performance, economic and resources. So you have to navigate those. So we, we had a really good conversation off that. And then off the back of that, we did a, a kind of like a learning team, but slight different. We basically got them to timeline out, simplified timeline out a typical job that they do, right? So we picked a task that we do and we kind of, where do you start? What's the first thing you do? Second thing you do, third thing you do, and kind of put it out. And then through that, we, we were trying to focus in on what work we do that's in the name of safety and what actually has impact on actual operational safety, right? So we picked out, so we went through and we said, right, we want to insert the safety controls within this process. So we shouted things out. We put them on the, on the post-it, roughly where they go in the process. Um, and then we said, right, with a, with, a, with a pen, we went through and we just highlighted what is done in the name of safety, but actually doesn't have much impact on operational safety. And then highlighted things that are done for safety and have an impact on safety which actually sparked a really interesting conversation. Um, then we went back round with different coloured pens again, and we said, what works out of these and what doesn't? So we ended up finding out that a lot of the things that we said, yes, have impact on operational safety, were very reliant on consistency. So they were like, well, actually, that doesn't work on this side, but it does work on that side. And we actually found out that things that are done in the name of operational safety and are believed to have an impact on operational safety weren't working well. Um, and actually, it was more not working well than there was working well. And the other thing we noticed once we finished and we stepped back was the front-end loading of this process was phenomenal. So all of the safety was done right at the beginning of the process and then in the middle, nothing, and then maybe like a little blip at the end, like closing up the shop and tidying up. That's about it. They're, they're kind of all of this front end loaded. And I said, what do we think about this impact here? What do, all this safety done at the beginning. What do you think about it? It's really good. We're planning. We're designing out risks as much as we can. Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, cool. Do we think that might have a psychological effect that on us that, right, we've done safety now. Get up, crack on with the job. So we, we're reinforcing that safety is separate from work. We had a really interesting conversation around that. Some got it, some didn't, and we, we, uh, but it was good that the ones that didn't were really challenging and really comfortable to speak up, and, and it, it just sparked a phenomenal conversation. The next interesting thing was we did the same session with a different group of the same roles, and we got a very different picture, similar structure, um, a little bit less front-end loading, um, or, or, or actually there was a lot of front-end loading still because this group actually went, the second group actually went much more in detail of the design and the planning up front. Um, but they had a bit more safety in the middle um, and then a little blip, a little increase at the end. Um, so for them, safety looked a bit more consistent. Risk management looked a bit more consistent as part of like the operational job, but still heavy front-end loading. Um, not, not saying that's a bad thing, just interesting. 
she had this really awesome session and then we finished up the session uh, both times by just saying what we what we're hoping going to be the outcome of this of our workshops that we're going to do why and what we need from them basically um, and now next step is we'll do a couple of sessions next month um, where we will be running workshops with the site managers now um, and they'll be the people with their team leaders that are going to facilitate these uh, pre-shift briefs these little mini risk assessment pre-shift briefs um, we had a good meeting with the tech company risk talk as well uh, introduced them to the client i got them to kind of really showcase what the tech can do to help us deliver this project and um and that was really really good meeting as well uh, so n nice bit of collaboration three companies working together to kind of solve a problem um we're kind of project managing it uh kind of partnership with the with the client obviously and um it, it's really interesting I think from a risk-fluent point of view, it couldn't be more exciting because it literally is one of the things that is our value. Like, one of our values is we want to do work that has an impact, and this whole project is help us have more impact on, on risk management operational of, of operational safety in a way. And um, I was like, wow, can, literally could not have asked for a better, a better project to kick us off as a company. So it's absolutely amazing. I really, really enjoyed that. C-3PO in Star Wars. Data from Star Trek. Ava from Ex Machina. That's what you think, right? When I say AI, that's what you think. Uh, kind of humanoid, droid-looking machine that can respond automatically to a conversation or a request very much like a human can. And this is a general AI. The definitions of general AI can really get into some philosophical knots. Like, what is intelligence like in humans? Can a machine actually think? Can a machine ever be said to think for itself? Well, actually, general AI doesn't actually exist yet. And a lot of experts say it never will. As a huge sci-fi fan, particularly Star Wars, as you'd probably already worked out, that makes me quite upset. I would love to have a C-3PO walking around my house. And it's not so much different when we think about AI and safety. We kind of struggle to understand what that looks like. What is the concept of AI and safety? Well, in fact, nine times out of 10, you're not actually going to see it. It's just going to be doing its thing. That's kind of what Protex AI do, right? They, they utilize what's already there and they use this AI to collect data and kind of build this huge database to be able to spot trends and find things that are going on in a workplace to enable you to make better decisions, right? But it's not a, it's not a humanoid droid walking around the workplace, unfortunately. And that's kind of what people call narrow AI. Narrow AI exists now. We've got it. It's already there. It's already doing loads of stuff. It's part of our lives already. Well, we've got like traditional software that's defined by rules and a framework that it has to operate in very much like if this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. And whereas narrow AI can think for itself in a, in a point that it can work out how to achieve those goals itself. Now, I'm not an AI expert, that's probably clear, but Protex AI are, and they're running an awesome webinar series. The first webinar they're running is AI versus the EHS manager, and you can find out more details on their website, which is linked in the description below. Lots of business networking going on this month as well, um, which is really interesting because typically when, when I go to... When I go to with, with these business meetings, one-to-ones, whatever, and say, oh, what, what, what do you do? 
I said, I'll do safety. It's in that moment you normally get a very good insight into what real safety or the perception of safety is like. And we have so far to come. Like, there's still this... I was sitting in, in, in this group of people, right? And um, the group had made this joke about how boring safety was, right? And then... And then about five minutes later, the, one of the guys in the group said, um, oh, um, what, what are you doing today? So I went to one person who was like a project um, management kind of business consultant type, business improvement type consultant, kind of similar to what we do, but more board level kind of position. But yeah, she was kind of doing some meetings. Okay, cool. Went to me. I was going out to see a client today. Um and I think I was doing like a risk assessment facilitation and stuff like that. And they're like, ooh, risk assessment. And I was like, ha ha ha, funny. And like, oh, what, what are you doing to this like finance type professional? Oh, and he started telling us about this like application process and how he's, uh, this has been rejected or whatever. And he's got to ring this person and do this. And no offense, but I thought it was boring as shit. And I just sat there and I said to the group, I was like, it blows my mind that you all think safety is boring when people do that for a fucking living. Like, shit, that sounds fucking boring. And um, everyone found it funny. But at the same time, it's like, how has safety got this perception when what we do is actually pretty cool, um, but we keep going, we keep keep rebranding safety one interaction at a time. Um, but I just thought that was a real insight, and I get that a lot. Do you know, oh, I'll tell you about safety, I'll tell you about safety, get some pictures out on their phone. Like, oh, here you go, look, there, yeah, look, look, there's little pallet wrap, yeah, look, that was uh, that was over the yellow line of the walkway, look, oh, dangerous, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's really what I wanted to deal with. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of work on like your SSIP uh, type schemes, um, which they are what they are, right? And I, and I think like what's interesting with this is one of the things that on that big dynamic risk project that we acknowledged, and I think it's actually really helpful for me uh, as a business owner as well, was some things we have to do for commercial needs, right? And then something in safety, but they're commercial needs, but they're called safety. I think SSIP is very much one of those. It may not be the original intent, and some do better than others on, on actually trying to impact actual operational safety, but ultimately they're a commercial process. Uh, they're a due diligence process. They're not really massively impactful on the shop floor, but they are important to the business, right? And I think... What that really made me think of is like when we read safety anarchists, when we read safety differently stuff, we tend to end up spitting the dummy out of their pram and, and kind of, I wouldn't say refusing to do things like SSIP or things like that, but but being annoyed when we do them. I'm, they, look, they don't, I don't wake up in the morning and be like, ooh, SSIP, woo! But like, I also don't wake up in the morning and be like, ooh, SSIP, because I understand it's a commercial need to my customers, right? They need it, they have to have it. It might not have a massive impact on operational safety, but it does on the company. And that's important to me that the company does well, right? So if I can do something that helps them tender for a job, then great. But what I have to do or what we have to do as safety professionals is, is let them know that that doesn't mean you're safe. It's a badge and it's good and it's helpful. And it's an indicator. It's an indicator that you might have some problems because you haven't got this or you haven't got that piece of paper. But it, if you've got it, it's not an automatic assumption of safety um so and that's actually helped me a lot kind of do this stuff because it ain't going anywhere right and the construction clients that uh, we work with they need it 
so suck it up let's get it done for them and then we can focus on doing a bit of safety i just don't agree with people that just do that stuff um Oh, I don't know, because maybe as, as long as they've got some... I don't agree with a company that just does that stuff. Um, you know, you might... I just I think it runs the risk of the company thinking, cool, safety's done now, don't need to do anything else. Um, I had a mad week this week, this last week. It kicked off with a fire risk assessment, um, a little bit of rearranging of what we were going to do on the day, but a relatively simple kind of... St- brick and block, um, small manufacturing building, really open plan, simple set of offices, quite nice, easy, simple bit of work, some slight bits that they need to just just formalise really more than anything. But overall, holistically looking at the way that fire was managed, it was it was fine. So that was nice. Um, it was a nice little job and they're, they're a lovely group of people as well, which kind of helps everything. Um, then on... Tuesday, I had a really good meeting with shares where we really nailed down. Um, we've really worked on the, the, what the company exists for, what we want to focus on. We've really nailed down our three types of customers um, over the last couple of weeks. So we were kind of nailing out how we're going to how we're going to kind of get content out for those people in the right place at the right time. LinkedIn's a big big area for us, so you'd hopefully notice that. The LinkedIn pages now have all come under one brand, which is Risk Fluent. So everything now finally is under Risk Fluent. Um, there might be little bits that we've missed, but I think mostly the website, LinkedIn, everything is from Risk Fluent now, um, or me or Sherry personally on LinkedIn. But ultimately, everything comes from Risk Fluent. And we started to get our content all planned and scheduled in. Um, so we start hopefully being a bit more consistent with the amount of content we put and hopefully put more out as well, which I think is really important. I think the more content we put out the more we're contributing to our to our purpose and organization to rebrand safety and ultimately make the working world a bit better so that was really nice and i I really i really enjoy having a good whiteboard session with shares on the company um done some admin work this week as well on a really other exciting exciting project that we're doing um in partnership with the amazing team at img uh, for one of their clients we're helping them deliver some human error workshops uh, so human error awareness um, for the shop floor so they can understand how they're how they're um influenced how humans make errors how easy it is to make errors and how the workplace can kind of try and sometimes not, I don't say purposely, but like sub-purposely in a way, uh, force you into making an error. So how to be aware of those stuff, how to increase your situational awareness and stuff like that. So we've done some admin work around kind of tidying those up and improving those, getting some workbooks for those as well. Um, we also do for within that project uh, a human error or a people-centered, sorry, people-centered design course. So these are a course targeted at people that design work so safety professional and operational leaders that design safe working procedures um, design general procedures frameworks that people have to operate in uh, so how to be a bit more people centered within those so understanding humans understanding the factors that influence performance and how you can be aware of that and then talk about like nudge and influence and persuasion techniques and things like that as well so kind of like choice architecture in a way it's a really cool little course so we kind of, again did a few improvements on that and um, and on the workbooks as well 
a mad day yesterday, uh, not yesterday, sorry, um, on Thursday, just, oh my God, meeting for the podcast, for networking, podcast, networking, podcast, networking. But we had a really cool meeting, which I'm really excited to tell you about, but I can't yet. We're partnering with a big association in safety that I've done some really cool bit of work and they want us to go along and do kind of like a live podcast panel um, there. So we're going to have some really cool bit of content live from this event, like we did at the Expo. Um, and we're also going to be doing a little keynote for them, for their members as well. Um, but really, really excited about that. And we've got another event for the same association um, in a couple of months after the first one as well. So I had a meeting about that. Really cool, really, really interested uh, and excited to tell you all about that. I had a really interesting meeting, actually, with a guy who who does... Um, so it was a networking meeting, a business networking meeting, but it ended up turning into a bit of a marketing meeting because this guy's a really awesome guy, but he does marketing. Not but he does marketing, but does marketing. And, um, and at the end of our kind of conversation, he said, oh, I do marketing, help people kind of communicate their mes- message better and get branding and stuff like that. Um... Do you think it would be helpful to talk to your audience on a podcast? I've set myself a target to do 100 podcasts this year or something like that. Um, and I was like, well, actually, I think there's one thing we're, we're a bit shit at. And I'm reading a book at the moment, um, Shoot from the Hip Lip, Safety Salesman um, book. Um, bloody hell, I forgot his bloody name. What's his name? By Simon Neil Jones, sir. Sorry, Simon. Uh, he sent me the book, so I have a read of that. I'm about halfway through, uh, so I'll finish that. We'll get him on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Al, who's this marketer, and he said, oh, would it be good to come on the podcast? And I was like, yeah, definitely. Let's get you on. Um, so we're going to get him on the podcast soon. I've done a couple of podcast recordings. Sam Goodman is back. He's back again. Uh, so we did a very short 30-minute blast, which was actually really fun. Um, one of us screwed the diary up, and um, we literally had 30 minutes bang on. So we, we literally got in, press record. We banged out like a little bit of like discussion around new view safety and stuff like this kind of a bit annoying that we're still having to talk about this but but we are um and there we are and it actually i thought it was really cool that we had to cram it into 30 minutes um it was kind of a massive topic but we had to be really selective about what we were talking about it dynamically in the conversation to cram it into 30 minutes i really liked it, the concept actually i'm wondering whether we do something like that on the podcast um and really that was it for the month that's kind of what we did to rebrand safety lots of meetings with people we've got lots of feedback in meeting with businesses around which is really disappointing because i, f- I know there's a lot of you and there's about four thousand people that listen to this podcast and i think you are these people um but one feedback i get a lot from businesses is i really like you james you're not like what i expected from a safety person you're not a normal safety person when i met with Ari, i was like god when when i when they sent me your details to talk to this safety guy i was like oh god so every safety guy i meet it's like oh hello we've got this brand right and i just thought wow is that is that what it's like? Is it not? I will say I've met a lot of safety professionals that are a bit like that as well. Um, but I think you need to, if you're listening to this, right, and you don't network with small businesses, you know, maybe you, you don't need to, right? Because you're because you're in a in a job, right? So you don't need to network, or you don't need to put that much effort into being this this kind of 
I don't know, modern safety person. I think you, you're a bit obligated to. Like, I think we have a purpose. All of you listening to this po- podcast, you're listening to Rebounding Safety for a reason. There's a lot of people that don't listen to it because they fucking hate what this is about, right? But you're listening to this for a reason because you are like me and you hate this perception. So you are a a safety rebrander kind of in a way. Um, not sure whether we're going to go with that name, but message me if you think it's a good name and you you have a duty to go out there and talk to as many people as you can and show them that safety is not like that that safety is not boring safety is not like oh hello you know it is interesting and it's how we're here to help you do what you need to do but we're here to help as specialists you to navigate those lines of failure um that's ultimately what we're here to do is help you do what we need to do um but as a specialist kind of do it in a reasonably safe way and show them that we're not all these stuck up like meh, clipboard warriors and i don't think we are i think there's so many people now i think that's a bit outdated but in the world of really small business it's still there and it's still prominent so keep going people get out there interact show people that's not what we're like and uh, other than that i shall catch you next week safe The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.